Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. James Haskell, Glenn Martin, DK, the 410 Sports Talk crew is here, and it is finally game week. Finally, oh, the NFL season starts this week i cannot wait glenn how are you doing my man oh i'm doing good i mean i can't believe it not only is football here but fantasy football is here as well and of course uh we had our our draft and it was uh it's as fun as it usually is and uh yeah i can't i i absolutely cannot wait for this season to start it 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 helps i think that i think the ravens were a little lucky in how the schedule makers made their first game i mean I don't know if there's a better matchup week one that you could hope for than the Houston Texans with a with a, with a rookie starter Maybe coming the into M&T Bank. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the Cardinals are have already made it clear that they want to lose games. So, uh, yeah, I guess that, that that's the only team I think would be more beneficial to play. So it's it's looking like a a good week to be a Ravens fan, Jimbo. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a. I've said it before. It's going to be a party mm-hmm. at the bank on Sunday. I'm expecting a double digit victory. Um, it has, you know, about the line has it held? Um, Last I saw it was like nine and a half. Nine, yeah, yeah. I'm just curious if there's been any movement. Uh, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk about all this, but you know, nicks and 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 bruises and 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 things like that. So that'd be, I'd be interested to know if any of that changes anything. I just want to say that I took Lamar Jackson third overall. That's how much faith I have in Lamar Jackson. My man Jimbo shook the whole league up. Third pick. Lamar Jackson, number People, one fantasy scorer this this year. Hey, he could be. I wouldn't be shocked. I think uh, it it surprised a lot of people. It also broke some hearts at the back end of that first round. That was my favorite part. <laughs> it was a bummer that my favorite part of the draft was at the very beginning. Everyone gets up there all resolute, all defiant. They're like, "Bam, Christian McCaffrey, bam, Justin Jefferson," and I'm like, "You know what? I'm just gonna do this to see." Every- Rotla literally was sitting next to me and was like. Oh, I'm taking Lamar first round. I was like, oh, are you? Huh? Are you now? Yeah. And I just got up there. And I'm like, Lamar. <laughs> you got a, you got quite a few Ravens, Jimbo. I, two. I, I got, got two of them. Oh, did you get two? You got OBJ? No, no. Oh, I got Zach. Dobbins. Oh, okay. I got All Lamar right. and Dobbins. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then Pierney got Flowers. I think it was Pierney. Got I wanted to get, I thought about OBJ, but then I thought TJ kind of, not to devalue him or anything, but kind of reached on him a little bit. I Not that he reached, but I thought hey. I could sneak him in later. You know what I'm saying? No, I hear you, but look, you can't call somebody reaching when you took Lamar third. Well, right. That's that's up to everyone's determination, right? But what if I guess he ends what up I mean, being the leading scorer, then it's not, right? Crazy, right? right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and look, I want him to be because if he's yeah. catching the football, you know who's throwing it to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, it's a double a double whammy. But yeah, yeah. so we're excited. Football has arrived. The the Orioles are I mean, they're just continuing to look like one of, if not the best team in all of baseball. So it's a, it's a really good time to be uh, a Maryland, Baltimore, specifically sports fan. I also just want to identify the fact that you see this right here. Yeah, my son. That's a that's a that's a that's a a forehead to the face, right there. Excuse Bless me. you. Thank you. Right to the old kiss. Right to the old face, dude. Forehead. Oh, did okay. your eye, did your eyes water and get the oh, all that? Oh, dude, all of it, man. Yeah. 
Shout out to Sean. Uh, I saw that name actually when I was looking up names. Um, mine is much more X-rated than his name, but his his team name is April Showers Brings a Flowers, and I like that as a, as a fantasy football name. Mine. Yeah. Let's just say my quarterback's my quarterback is Tua, so it's a play on his name. Is it? It is. It is. Wait, but I it, thought I knew your team name. I changed it this year. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was the Cutie Patooties. That was the name of my team, you know what I mean? But uh, anyway, we don't look. Mine is a little inappropriate. You'll see it, Jimbo, and you'll it, see why I don't really hold on feel comfortable. Naming, oh gosh, naming my team out loud. Yeah, that's a good thing. I'm el bato loco. That's right. Uh, yeah, uh, Marco, which is a, a, a watered down version of what I was when my wife made me change it. Oh, I think your yeah yours had a little bit of spice to it as well. Oh yeah. Marco says, I got LJ and Mark on my fantasy team. It's over. That's a heck of a one-two punch. I think, uh, yeah, that that's probably the one-two punch I would have wanted from the, yeah. from the Ravens because, yeah. man, that's his guy. Always will be his guy. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's kind of use that as a segue real quick because um, before we – obviously, we're going to talk Ravens, but tonight uh, Glenn did us all the favor of booking some guests. We're doing a bit of a – uh, around the AFC, a, a little bit around the AFC North. We're getting all the way around. We did have some issues with our, our, uh, our. you guys know, of course, the infamous Chris Carter that covers the Pittsburgh Steelers and and man of many hats. Isn't uh, it, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to make it, but we, uh, we're hanging out in Ohio tonight. Yeah. Northeast Ohio. Is Cincinnati more central Ohio? I'm not that familiar. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But the, the B&O railroad is baltimore to ohio i think that ends in near cincinnati the the railroad anyway the museum is right here in baltimore you're welcome ladies and gentlemen you learned something here tonight that's right if you got kids take them to the museum it's awesome they'll love it uh but anyway yeah. all i'm saying is that we are meeting with a few we're gonna have a few folks on right glenn one yeah anthony of course costanza mm -hmm. who covers the Bengals. and Costanza, guys, like george yeah i think it's consenza isn't it i consenza. think consenza is all from right, seinfeld yeah. But Sorry. that's okay because that's a classic. And that's that's a compliment, right? Yeah, there you go. That's like when they call me Eddie Haskell. It's just, I'll yeah, take there it. There you go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, or Dennis the Menace is what I used to always get. There you go. Hey, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> that's my jam, dude. Now, anyway. Look, now, I who gotta, did you get on from the, the Browns real quick? Oh, yeah. From the Browns. It's actually uh, exciting. It's a new guest. I mean, yeah, yeah. we always like having our regulars on here, but this is uh, – a new guest. We have Jacob Roach, who covers the the Browns for the Browns Wire. Uh, also co-host of the Barking Browns show. So certainly a guy who knows his stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to meet him. And yeah, think, and you uh, guys obviously can throw any questions you want in the chat. Um, if yeah. you want to be sure that they absolutely get answered, you got something really you know on your mind regarding either of the teams. Obviously, sending a super chat never hurts. If you absolutely mm -hmm. want an answer, but either way, throw your answers in there or questions in there. Excuse me, and we try and get to as many as we can. Yeah, we got to get caught up on all the changes yeah. to each team in this division, their their kind of hopes and dreams and their outlook for the season because I think it's consensus everywhere that this is one of the two best divisions, and most people say it's the best division. It's really just this one in the AFC East is the is the decision between, uh, you know, wh which is the best division. I got to say that the North, but I'm a little bit biased, so. Oh, for sure. That's okay. No, I, yeah, but, I mean, it's hard to disagree. Dude, I had a – Tell me why I had a buddy who's a who's a Commanders fan said that it's the NFC East. How? 
Yeah, the Eagles are good. Who else is good? I mean, I, I, I'm willing to say Dallas has a good roster. I just don't know if their quarterback can quit throwing to the other team. But the Giants, to me, aren't for real because of Danny Dimes. And eh, the yeah, until he proves you otherwise. Quarterback. Who Danny Dimes? Exactly. And then right, Sam you know Howell. I mean? Just paying him doesn't make him. Yeah. They don't buy it's, into Paying him, so. him doesn't make him good. That's true. You know, it just doesn't automatically make him make him good. So anyway, yes, I totally agree. Um, I'm looking forward to the gauntlet of the AFC North this year. Uh, but yep. Glenn, I think that one of the things we should chat about real quick as we're kind of waiting is, you know, there's some stuff going on, of course, here in yeah. Baltimore, never sleeps. Um, I kind of wanted to start with just some, you know, they talked about the Lamar-Mark combo. And I, I was glad to hear Mark, or John Harbaugh's comments on Mark Andrews. It's from an injury perspective, you know, all players. I kind of want to start with Mark. Yeah. Um, I want to say, first of all, the Ravens are extremely healthy, in my opinion. Obviously, you got Marlowe that's out. But outside of Marlowe, as far as, like, major contributors, yeah, I can't think of anyone else on the list. Mark has been out, but John has already said he's going to be back on tomorrow to practice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little nervous about the Mark thing just because I don't want this to be something that's going to linger throughout the season. I hope this is something that it has a chance to heal correctly. That way... This isn't a nagging thing that's going to keep him consistently out of practice or make it nerve-wracking. Is he going to suit up? Is he not going to suit up? Now, they got depth at the tight end position, and that's it makes me feel a little more comfortable. But when I heard the – the uh, I saw somebody drop it in the chat also that this was possibly the first time we were going to see what the combination of what Lamar, J.K., Mark Andrews, and Rashad Bateman for the first time all in the field together. Mm. Well, I don't know if it's a guarantee, even though – Harbaugh certainly expressed confidence in it, but I mean, do you, he he's seen apparently last week doing individual work on the trainers on a separate field, but hasn't been present in the recent media portion of the practice availability. Now they only get to see the first half hour, so it's possible he could have come out after they left, but I mean, how comfortable, let me ask you this, Jimbo, how comfortable yeah. would you feel going into Houston if Mark Andrews wasn't able to play <laughs> or actually going for Houston to come in here, of right, course. right, right. I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. I mean, come on. Like, I, so I'm sorry, Houston Texans. I'm not trying to like. Bash. It sounded like you were just kind of like, hey, come on. It doesn't but matter like, who we run out there. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think there's a lot of things going against the Houston Texans in this game. One, John's record as a coach in openers. Two, yeah. the fact that they have a rookie quarterback. Three, the fact they're on the road. Four. The fact that Lamar Jackson is historically hot early on in the season. Obviously, yep. we want him to continue to be. And fifth, of course, being that even if Mark isn't there, this is by far and away the best passing group of you know pass catchers that he's ever had in his career. So mm -hmm. I think all those things being said, I want Mark there because he is, and anyone that's been to practice knows, that is his, uh, that is his, you know, Mark is his security blanket, but I wouldn't be sweating, you know, sweating bullets if Mark doesn't end up out there. What about you? Yeah, well, I mean, to your point about Lamar as a week one passer, I mean, look at his week one numbers as a starter since he's been in the league. I mean, look at those passing numbers. Six, almost 70% completion, 12 tutties, one pick. Mm. And that doesn't even begin to talk about the, you know, the rushing attempts. Uh, so, yeah, he's... um. He's pretty good in week one. I, I think I think it's going to be a tough, tough. No, four fumbles for... is a little scary. Yeah, but only two lost, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, and but I, I, I hope the, the mesh point was always it has been an issue in certain seasons in the initial part. I wonder if uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna take extra 
care into that department because, yeah, we did see some fumbling issues. And let's be honest, J.K. hasn't had a ton of time on the practice field with Lamar. So I guess it's possible we could see some mesh point issues. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't uh I don't disagree with you there. I also think that early on in Lamar's career too. You remember like the he'd run around and kind of flail the ball a little bit, and the ball yeah, backyard like, football a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but it, it that's cut down a lot. Um, yeah. so I think that's another that that was another uh issue as well. But really quickly, a quick aside, two seconds. Who drafted Travis Kelsey? Oh, I know, right? Uh, he went he went the first round. Uh, but whoever it is, they're was gonna it be a salty. I don't think it was. Here we go. I have it up in front of me. Actually, it was Cook. It was actually Dave. So, oh, uh, was it? Oof. Yeah, it's tough uh, to see it hyper, especially a guy who hasn't missed a game in injury for for injury in nine years. Yeah, man, crazy, right? Yeah, I'm not mad though. He's not on my team, and I wouldn't mind seeing the the Lions upset the Chiefs week one one bit. Man, that would be incredible. Yeah, it it would certainly be exciting. that would be commanders level preseason game when they beat us yeah they'd be storming the field and right. trumpets playing i mean yeah seth says lamar gonna dookie on them like that browns game uh yeah i mean i think it's gonna be rough for the texans but they're still a good team i mean i i don't think the john harbaugh and this this kind of you know this group of guys is gonna let themselves be caught off guard like this isn't to me like yeah. a trap game because it's it's the first game of the year i mean they've been right they've been jacked up maybe if this was week 10 Maybe you have a chance for a letdown or a bit of a trap game. But to me, I think these guys are going to be hitting on all cylinders early on. And I'm not so sure Houston's going to be uh, – I think they're going to have to have like a dumbed-down playbook just because they got a rookie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, man, I just can't wait to see him back there when you know he's in a person. I'll, I'll tell you what's going to be really fun. I was actually talking to TJ about this on Sunday. Is Of course, we're and we're, we'll talk about this. You know, We're worried about the edge. And people are worried about the corners, but man, he's going to have to deal with that pressure coming up the middle. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about Meta BK. You're talking about Travis Jones. You're talking about Michael Pierce. You're talking about when they throw Clowney on the inside. And there's probably, oh, uh, Broderick Washington. There's some big boys up front that can really rush the passer. Yep. And I think it's really exciting. I mean, look how much money Chris Jones is asking for. And I'm not saying any of these guys are Chris Jones, but it just shows you how impactful these guys are when they can make disruptions in the quarterback's face, right? Mm-hmm. It's just so valuable. Anyone close. I mean, just think about this. Chris Jones, when he's on the field, the chiefs have the chiefs defense has the number one pressure rate against quarterbacks. When he's off the field, they drop to 28th. Mm, my that's, goodness. That's the difference that that guy makes. Now, like you're saying, Meta BK and Bra- they're not him. But they're pretty damn good, and, mm-hmm. and they got a pretty damn deep group where it's not a big drop-off, whether Travis right. Jones, Metabike, Broderick. It's not a big drop-off no matter who, who's in there, and that can mean that these guys are, you know, they're going in there with with juice. You know, they're not going in there dragging because they don't right. played 60 snaps. Right, yeah, it's going to be so much fun, man. I can't wait to watch him beat. Now, look, the one thing you got to say about a kid from Ohio State, certainly he's played – in, in stadiums that hold the same amount of people that make the same amount of noise. Like, I don't think any of that's going to be new mm-hmm. because, you know, when you play in stadiums that are 110,000 people and, you know, 100,000 people and things like that, I don't think that's going to overwhelm him. But just the speed level competition, the physicality, the complexity, you, you know, and you don't think Mike McDonald knows uh, Stroud? You don't think he knows him? Of course he does. You don't think yeah. he's got a little something oh, up his sleeve sure. because he's all Ohio State kid? Mm-hmm. You 
better believe it. He's got now, obviously Mike's going to do everything he can every week. doesn't matter who he's up against, but ultimately look, these guys know each other because Mike is a Michigan guy, at least for that one year. And Stroud is a Ohio state kid. So there's familiarity he there and, planned against him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's going to use that to his advantage. Know his tendencies, sure. know what he's good at, what he's not good at. So, Oh, can't wait. Anyway, let's see. Uh, Sean says, are you guys doing the competition this year? Uh, we're not only doing it. I will reclaim my rightful place. Oh. Wait, atop. who won last year? I don't recall. I mean, I right, like to look right, forward right, right, right. in life. Where are my shades? Because my oh. future's so bright. I don't oh, know where my shades are. But yeah, not, yeah, Sean, we are doing the competition. And I've decided this year that I'm not going to, I'm not going to take it light on my opponents ah. this year. I'm going to, I'm going to be a bit of a blood in the water type uh, approach to this one. When I see weakness, I'm going to step on the throats of my opponents and mm. not let them hang around and hang mm. around like I've done in years past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I have nothing to say just because I won. I mean, like, you know, uh, what else am I supposed to say? <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> know, man. I'd like to look at the future, you know. Hey, that's fine. I don't like to look too much in the rearview mirror. But, yeah, Sean, we're going to do it. And I'm going to whip these guys. Yeah, taking candy from year. a baby. That's all it's going to be. It's going to be bad news this year. Um, I'm actually kind of nervous that DK is going to beat us both because now Brad's not here. For some reason, yeah. I feel like that's going to make, that's going to improve DK's game. Yeah. You think so? Well, and uh, yeah, well, Brad was cheating half the time because he, he was, was just, he was going last after we all submitted our, and he's like, hmm, let me, mm -hmm. like, at 11.55 a.m. or at 12.55 a.m. Yep. Now, let me ask you this, Jimbo. Were you at all disappointed? It looks like Anthony Brown uh, might be might have been let go, and they brought Tay Hayes, the cornerback, mm -hmm. back to the practice field or the practice squad. Do you think Anthony Brown will just kind of stay on speed dial when needed, and or do you think he he could find his way back on onto the practice squad in the near future? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I'm not disappointed because. I didn't really like how he played in the in the preseason. I felt like he regressed, or at least just didn't look as good as as you know. I mean, I don't know how much you can expect Lasher from an undrafted kid in, in regular season time, but mm -hmm. he didn't do anything to me to like excite me. So I'd rather have Hayes. I mean, if just like the commenters are mentioning, I called it. Uh, yep, you did, you did. Okay, so, you know, just stick All with right. me. Stick with me. When Brandon oh, yeah. Stevens makes a pick on Sunday, stick with I'm, me. At me at at four ten sports talk on Twitter. Okay. And Zay Flowers, our leading receiver. That's right. Look and make sure you at me and Kadri Ismail with with That's a right. screenshot of Zay's stat line yep. and Charlie Kohler's stat line, <laughs> which probably unless Mark's not playing, I got a feeling that his stat line zero zero zero. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I think Tay Hayes was more needed. Obviously, I don't see an avenue where Anthony Brown gets himself on the field unless, yeah. I mean, knock on wood, just something crazy were to happen. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think Anthony Brown will be there when we need him. I can't imagine a team is really going to beat down the door to sign him. So let's hope, let's hope for the Ravens' sake that we never need him. And uh, yeah, same with Tay Hayes, though. Honestly, I mean, I like Tay Hayes to stick around, but. Yeah. I'm hoping the Marlin will be back and, yeah. and, and, you know, these guys will be hitting, hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, for sure. Now the one thing we won't be doing this year 
uh, that we haven't done in a long time. I don't think we'll ever bring back is, you know, the Ravens and Zay Flowers, of course, gone viral for his musical performance. But uh, if you guys want to listen to a good musical performance, our first season oh, back in 2019, boy. we were just a podcast every week. We did a weekly pick them around the league and the loser had to sing the other person a love song. It was really embarrassing. Yeah. And it was kind of uh, cringy. Yeah. The most stress inducing moment of my week was if I lost singing. It was absolutely <laughs> brutal. So uh, we won't be doing that ever again. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, no. No. I'm not singing on here. After Glenn, Glenn sung Usher, I was done. I just couldn't do it anymore. I went all in, dude. Uh, whew. Uh, absolutely Duh. committed. Now, I got to ask you this. Uh, 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 yeah. This, yeah. If you guys ever saw it, it's, it's horrible. It's a good thing it wasn't on video, right? Actually, on video, I might have wanted some people over because I think I make good faces when I'm singing. I think that's <laughs> that's the underrated part of my singing is my uh -huh. facial expressions while singing. Top All of right. the line, dude. Top notch. Well, let's see it. No, no, it has to be it has to be organic while I'm singing. Okay, so what do you mean? Watch, I mute it. <laughs> just sing on mute, just so you can see my face. There you go. Just. Uh, yeah, now we're, you know, we're going to think of a, a penalty. We got to think of a penalty. Yeah. SMKG says he'd pay good money. No, you'd pay good money to hear me for about two seconds and then pay money to turn me off. There you go. Uh, it's hey, not submit a super chat. Dude. Glenn will do it. No, uh, Glenn will do it. Let's yeah. see you, dude. Submit a super chat, man. Voice all changed. Where's, where's Numbra? No. Where's yeah. Numbra, man? When you need him. Damn it. Uh, but hey, I want to, before we have our, our guests, you know, kind of slowly coming in here, I just want to kind of get your take in general about the AFC North. Is there, yeah. I guess we like, should talk football. Well, yeah, exactly. Do you know of, do you have like a, a feeling that you know for sure who's going to finish last in this division? I don't, I thought it was going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, but to be honest, like as tough it is, as it is for me to say, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers did a really good job mm -hmm. building on their week, like mitigating their weaknesses and, and making, you know, doing good in the draft and, and, and the, the off season. I'm not a big believer in joy Porter, but they, their line got better. Their yep. D line got better. Uh, and, and they've got weapons on the outside of course, but ultimately for them, it's really going to come down to pick it. Yep. Is he real? Like is two glove Kenny legitimate? I don't know. I still don't know. I mean, that's going to be a tough one. And uh, that that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. But if he's real, they're going to be well coached. They're going to fight hard. They got the best pass rusher in the NFL. I don't care what anyone says. Don't bring up Miles Garrett to me because mm -hmm. TJ Watt is better. He's better. Sorry, guys. Now, Miles Garrett would beat the crap out of TJ Watt, I feel like, in a fight. Oh, yeah. But we're talking rushing the passer. That's right. Um, and certainly a bodybuilding competition. I mean, that wouldn't even be close. Uh, but, uh, and like a me. dinosaur trivia contest. <laughs> it's like you. Yeah, dude. Good, 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 good. But yeah, so I don't, I mean, Right now, if you asked me today, though, I yeah. feel like it would end up being the Browns. Yeah, but I, would you be shocked if, like, if the the worst team in the division finishes, maybe a game below five hundred? Right, like, right around, like, yeah, right around five hundred. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Imagine, and it's not unimaginable to think that the the Bengals could somehow end up last. I mean, the Ravens could end up last, but like, we'll talk about the Bengals because they've been the kings of the North, right? Mm -hmm. Because the division is so competitive, a few games fall the wrong way. Joey yeah. gets a slow start because of the injury. 
you know, you could easily dig yourself in a hole that's just hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. Right. This yeah. is their their another year in a row where they went deep into the playoffs and they're gonna have to, you know, mixins and there's this whole Joe Mixon thing. P Ryan's gone. You know, they they lost, then they lose their safeties as well. I mean, so and, yeah. look, there's a lot of things going on with the Bengals that who knows they could take a step back. This might be wishful thinking on my end, but ultimately it's not unimaginable, right? Well, especially it, it comes down to oftentimes health. Like if if they get bit, uh, dang, uh, you know, if they get dinged up, I mean, of course, if Burrow, if any quarterback gets hurt, then it's a whole different story. Sure. But even if they lose, like, what if Jamar Chase is forced to miss six weeks? You know, he got hurt last year. Yeah. That offense looks a lot different when you lose that speed on the outside because Higgins can't take the lid off. Boyd can't take the lid off. And I think, I think that is the only, but everybody's susceptible to the injury bug. I mean, the Ravens have plenty of guys. If you, if you take them out, they're going to be a much worse football team. So, yeah, it could end up being the war of attrition. Whoever's the healthiest ends up being the team that comes out of the North. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see what our Bengals expert has to say on this topic. Because why are we talking orange and black when we have the orange and black insider himself? Uh, appreciate welcoming him back to the there show for go. the, uh, what is this? The, how many times has Anthony been on? The this? 19th time. Yeah, it's been quite a few times. Uh, appreciate you joining us again, Anthony. Thanks. How you doing tonight? Hey, guys. I apologize. I uh, was. I'm a few minutes late. I apologize. That is okay. That, but, uh, I hey, it's always good talking with you guys. Good to see you guys. Have you had a good summer? Have you, have you guys been doing pretty well? Yeah, Look, man. Lamar signed his deal before the summer started, Anthony. So we've had a good summer. You know, the rest is gravy. You. Yeah, kicked it yeah. up right for you. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm Absolutely. waiting on Arthur to do the same, man. So I mean, come on. We we, we gotta. We yeah, gotta there's not as much drama together. surrounding your guy as there was surrounding our guy. I'm, I'm waiting to see That's that true. that on get up every morning like we did with Lamar for a while. <laughs> Jeez, a whiz. And I, well, Anthony, you're not on the couch today, man. So here's the deal. Uh, in my house, I had where I usually broadcast for where i had traditionally broadcast it was in an extra bedroom we've since converted that to like a bunk bed situation for my kids and stuff so i got the boot now into the garage and i i am scrambling to finish up the garage slash studio for the for the season i'm hoping to kind of unveil it as we do more shows this week and stuff but uh i got the stanky boot out to the garage for my for my little guys hey man i'm sure you don't mind yeah, no, they're okay. They're okay. <laughs> he didn't seem like too convincing there, Jimbo. <laughs> I think he might mind just a little bit. Let's, but uh, but Anthony, let's get to some football here. Yeah, man. If you could kind of give like a general overview of, of the biggest losses for this team in the offseason and the biggest new additions and kind of what, what fans should expect is a, a difference from the Bengals team in, in last season and the Bengals team this year. Well, the biggest losses, this was kind of the first – free agency period since they've kind of put this team together in 2020 and had the two successful seasons in a row where they really felt kind of the, the free agency attrition. Uh, but it, some of it was expected, you know, Jesse Bates, they franchise tagged him a really good safety. They franchise tagged him last year. They, he wanted a deal and he wanted to stay what he wanted, what he got was not what the Bengals were going to pay. They just don't value the, the safety position as, as high as it as, as great as Jesse Bates is. They just don't value that position as high as other teams. And so he left and went to Atlanta a team that some people think that they're kind of on the rise a little bit, depending on how things go there, but he, he goes to Atlanta, but the, the two 
the two other losses that you you, you didn't really expect were, was the other safety, Vaughn Bell, who was a leader for this team and made a lot of big plays for him. Obviously, there's some limitations in terms of being a, a super adept coverage man, that sort of thing. I mean, he's, he made a lot of plays in coverage, but, um, you know, his forte was being physical and playing in the box a little bit more, that sort of thing. And he complimented, he and Bates complimented each other very, very well. And those guys were kind of the eyes and ears from that back part of the defense. Uh, and they, they would line up some of the guys in front of them uh, at times and stuff. So those are two big losses. And then Samaj Piran, the backup running back who, um, you know, he, he's a guy that did a lot of things as a pass protector, receiver, running back, that sort of thing. And so those are the losses um, that, that I think are being felt. And of course, the biggest one on the plus side is Orlando Brown Jr., uh, the you guys are very, very familiar with him. Uh, really, mm-hmm. really good player. Huge size. You know, I mean, pro bowler, uh, Super Bowl champ and right tackle. Cry baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys yeah. have your opinions about him. Uh, no, but you know what? You know what's cool about at least for, for us from the, from the Bengals perspective, uh, he came in and he really embraced kind of the, the culture, the fan base and everything right away from really coming from two big rivals of the Bengals and landing right in there and then, and then, you know, taking hold of that left tackle spot. The other thing that kind of was cool that happened from that, there were some bad feelings from Jonah Williams, the team's left tackle for the past four years. He gets again, the stanky boot from his position uh, at left tackle. They move him over to right, or that was the the plan. He initially was not really a fan of that move and has since kind of embraced that in a contract year. And he seems to be looking pretty good on the right side. So that's kind of probably a little bit where the biggest pluses are for this team so far, uh, at least free agency wise. Well, what about, I mean, obviously I think the biggest plus, like Glenn said, would be Joey B signing an extension, right? From a longevity standpoint and consistency standpoint. And I'm sure that that'll come down, but you know, the Ravens, I can only speak about the Ravens have a history of annotating calf injuries when they are potentially Achilles related, right? We've seen it times in the past with, you know, here locally with uh, Jimmy Smith and and I, there's probably some other ones I'm missing, but I, another one I think of is like Richard Sherman and started the calf and it almost seems Kevin like, Durant. yeah, kept right. Yeah. So it almost seems like it's a t- ticking time bomb. Give us the actual insight, you know, the inside information on what's going on in that calf at, with Joey Burrow. Is it truly a calf? Do ha- are there some whispers or that it, they're concerned that, you know, it could be Achilles related. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But uh, tell us what you know. What's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm Doctor Anthony MD, right? Uh, I have all the answers on it. Uh, no, you know, I I don't. There are no rumblings of anything anything else happening other than it being a. I think it was uh, labeled as a grade one cap strain. I think they were uber cautious with the thing. Um, you know, they didn't, and, and so much so a little bit on the frustrating side because we had said from the Bengals side of things, finally, Joe Burrow's going to have a normal off season. No coming back from a torn knee, no COVID off season, no uh, appendicitis, right? All this kind of stuff that he has experienced each, each year in the league. And then all of a sudden he, he goes out there, I think it was the second practice, he, he pulls the, the, the calf strain. So, I don't think there's any other ankle or Achilles or anything like that. I think they also were being cautious so as to not rush it back to potentially make that the situation, right? It, mm-hmm. it becomes that situation by pushing it back too early. So he was out, I think, for a total, it was just under five weeks. So he, you know, they rested, they, they did what they needed to do. And so, you know, he, he seems to be fine. He's back at practice. They had a couple of days off here uh, coming into this week, but 
last week he had a couple of practices and was moving around. It was kind of uh, the first practice back was a little more drills and that sort of thing. Not so much, you know, true, uh, you know, full, full practice type of stuff, but then he kind of eased into that. He looks like he's been planting on it fine. And, and there doesn't seem to be any setbacks early in the process too. I think it was a second preseason game. He came back out there on their field and he was seen in, in shorts and shirts kind of hopping around a little bit and throwing the ball and that sort of thing. So um, it was just one of those things where I don't I don't think it was a serious injury, but if you don't rest it and take care of it the right way, it could be super nagging. It can linger on and that sort of thing. I think they were just being really cautious about it. Fair enough. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, one one addition I think can be uh, maybe a little bit overlooked. I, I like Irv Smith Jr. As, as a new tight end here. I think he's a, he's a good athlete. He can certainly run. I know they they lost Hurst and I, but I think Irv Smith could have have a big year for them. What, what's kind of what's the summer? What's training camp look like for Irv Smith Jr.? He's looked good. He's looked good. I mean, with him, it's been it's been two factors with him, right? In Minnesota, he was kind of uh, a little bit of a, a second tight end option behind Rudolph for for a lot of years, right, or a couple of years there. And then yep. you know, there's some injury stuff. So mm-hmm. the athletic the, the athleticism's there. The the profile to to be productive is there. Now he's kind of the top guy and what's really kind of a weaker position group on this team, the tight end spot. So he, I think they're expecting that he's going to come in and, and do some nice things. But as you guys know, I mean, when you, when you look at him as a potential passing target on this team, he's going to be number four, number five in the pecking order in terms of targets oh, yeah. and shares. They'll, they'll have plays designed for him. They'll have routes designed where he's the primary target, obviously. But I mean, you know, you're going to get the ball to the big three, a wide receiver, you know, running backs are going to chip in there as well. And then you probably get him in there. So he's probably fourth or fifth in terms of priority of getting the ball. But uh, I, you know, I think he's got an opportunity to do, do something nice. Hurst had a pretty decent year with the Bengals last year on the same kind of one year deal. And he parlayed that into a nice deal for himself. Uh, mm-hmm. Smith's not as tall, uh, but he is younger. And so I think maybe the upside is there even a little bit more than there was with Hurst. Mm. Yeah, now I, I quickly, Jimbo. I'm sorry, I gotta jump in here. I'd probably steal your question. Um, oh, P. Ryan's it. gone. Jesus, this is the I second show in a row. That's right. <laughs> everyone, everyone. Look, when we and Jimmy went to the game last year, the Bengals game, we were sitting behind mm-hmm. some Bengals fans. Those Bengals fans hated Joe Mixon and said Samaje P. Ryan should be the starter. They love Samaje. Mm-hmm. They did not like Mixon as much. They said he didn't have the explosiveness. I mean, look, we've seen this a lot, the backup quarterback syndrome. Everybody loves the backup. So I'm not, you know, necessarily on board, but I do think that was a big loss losing Samaj. I think secretly, I mean, I took him, I think, in the ninth or tenth round of my uh, fantasy draft, and Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be a steal because I'm not sure that knee on uh, who's the guy in front of him is all the way back yet. So Javante, right? Javante? Javante Williams. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So I I think Samaj could have a decent year. Uh, in in Denver, but what's the confidence level around Joe Mixon? I know he took a pay cut, which was certainly team friendly. Well, what's your thoughts on Joe Mixon this year? Joe Mixon had, for lack of better words, a, a very interesting offseason. There were some, um, for the first time really as a pro, um, we know about some of the stuff in college, uh, for the first time in as a pro, he kind of started hearing and seeing some off-field stuff. Now, he has since had uh, charges on one incident, incident dropped, Another one he wasn't involved in. It was like, I guess, around his property or something like, like that. A proximity anyway, issue. Right, right. So uh, all of that's behind him. And so he has now been elected a, uh, a team captain for this team. And he's been a guy that they've relied on pretty heavily. Now, last year he had a decent year 
he did have an injury that kept him out of a few games last year, and that's where Pirine came in and got an opportunity to shine. Year prior, when they went to the Super Bowl, Mixon had an outstanding season, um, mm-hmm. if you look at his statistics there. So, you know, I think the hope is he's still pretty young, um, and he he has – well, he's gotten a lot of – he's been the primary back for a number of years for the Bengals. He's also been a player that has shared some carries throughout his career. It was Giovanni Bernard for a while, and then – you know, uh, it was P. Ryan last year and that sort of thing. So he doesn't have a ton. He's not not like Derrick Henry with the amount of carries every single year. So, you know, I think there's still a little bit of, uh, of gas left in that tank there. I think this is kind of one of probably his last seasons with, with the Bengals uh, going forward. And that's kind of where some of that writing on the wall with the contract stuff came into play here where, you know, they're looking to extend some of these other guys. And that was an area that they had to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. chisel away at a little bit. But P. Ryan was a guy that just – he did a lot of the dirty work, the pass protection stuff. He was a physical guy. He didn't have the speed or the long speed that that Mixon has. But the one thing that he did have – Mixon, for being a big guy, a a pretty built guy, um, he has some trouble sometimes evading the first tackler. Um, I mean, he'll he'll make yardage and he'll he'll go down the field. There are times where he'll break tackles. But he – for as big as he is and as physical of a runner he is – he doesn't always break the first tackle, whereas Pirine was much more adept at that. And I think that's where a lot of fans or a lot of chatter came from, like, hey, man, this guy has got to get some more carries. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Bengals thought that they were going to bring back Pirine, and, and they thought that the deal that they gave him was pretty similar to, to what Denver gave him, but it was more just the fact that he's going to have a higher profile role, like, like you said, Glenn. I mean, he, he could be, you know, instead of being number two with the Bengals, he could be kind of, one a one b you know i mean like he could be one of those guys there that gets more carries and sees sees more attention but i I think he did a lot of the dirty work i think he was a valuable guy in the locker room and he's going to be missed and the Bengals are trying to figure out his replacement right now yeah i'll tell you what got me anthony was the uh joe mixon the smirk he had on his face when he was when he was uh sent when he was found not guilty of aggravated menacing he had like this little smirk and I was like, all right, that was <laughs> all right. Cool, dude. Yeah, You're not yeah. guilty of aggravated menacing. Nice. Uh, yeah. But, but ultimately I, I think that's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the, in the backfield there. Uh, my, my question is, is around the, the wide receiver room. I mean, it's the same guys we've seen before. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Higgins has expressed his want for a contract you know, his desire for a contract extension. What's going on there from, uh, from, a an internal perspective, the Bengals, you know, inside looking out because, you know, we are only outside looking in. So what's going on with the Higgins deal? Is, is there anything, is there a possibility that truly Joe does enough in his contract where he can keep these guys? Well, I think, I think that's part of, honestly, one of his, my, my feeling on it is that I think part of his contract demands is yes to be, you know, the highest paid, you know, it's the next, you know, the next quarterback, right? Each contract keeps one upping the next one. It's what, it's what happened with, you know, Lamar and Herbert and Hertz and, you know, all these guys. So I mm-hmm. think he wants that and be the highest paid and, and all that. I think guaranteed money, I think length of contract, all that stuff matters. But I think the ability, I think he wants a commitment from the Bengals as well to be able to keep Chase and Higgins. I think, you know, I mean, and, and so, he that that might be something that is or isn't holding things up. I don't know. I know the Bengals want to keep T Higgins. It's just a matter of making the numbers work, keeping that core together. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I just think that it's a matter of kind of crunching the numbers and making it fit. Higgins wants to stay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think him kind of being a, a 1B behind Chase really matters to him that much because he still puts up numbers. He still gets attention. He still – you know, gets the accolades. So I don't think that that's a problem. There's nothing about, you know, anything disgruntled or anything like that about him and his contract situation. But, you know, he has one less year on his rookie year, rookie deal than, than Burrow could or would have. So, you know, it's, it's a little more urgent to get that done. But, I mean, it's also kind of a domino effect. You get one done, hopefully the other gets done, and, and all the pieces start to fall into place here. But, um, he's, he's, you guys know, he's, he's an excellent player. Um, and it would be a tough, tough loss if the Bengals were not able to keep, uh, Higgins in that, in that wide receiver room. There were a couple of other additions in that room, uh, rookie Charlie Jones and another, um, another rookie, Andre, uh, Yoshi Bosch, I think I'm saying it right. Yoshi Bosch, um, nice. who, who, yeah, who played really well in the preseason. So those are some names in there along with Trenton Irwin, the guy with the, the flowing blonde hair, the slot receiver. I don't know if you remember that guy or not, but. Um, mm-hmm. Those are some of the other names in that wide receiver group. Yeah, he was an undrafted kid for a while. Or he was an undrafted kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of has worked his way up, and yeah. You know, it's hard to not root for uh, the undrafted I, guys, even even yeah. if they are wearing the wrong colors. But I got yeah. I got to ask you on the other side of the ball about Dax Hill. I think uh, some people are. I don't know. For some reason, it seems like this guy gets a lot of reaction from the fan base. Stepping into some big shoes, no doubt about that. But. What's your thought on really both the safeties taking over for, I mean, I've said it on the show. I think it's arguably they were the best safety duo in the league last year. You lose both guys. What do you think Dax Hill and I guess Nick Scott are going to be able to do to to fill those roles? It's going to be difficult. And the hope, you know, I I mean, there's going to be some growing pains because I think they're going to try and mix in rookie Jordan battle somewhere in there as well, too. Um, Maybe, maybe all three on the field at the same time, certain packages just depends uh, they they kind of, you know, they lost a lot of players in their defensive backfield. They kind of lost a hybrid player in Trey Flowers, a guy that was kind of a, a slot. You know, he's a big guy. He came from Seattle. Um, you know, he was a boundary corner there, struggled in that role, but came to Cincinnati and they found a nice niche for him where he was following tight ends a lot or, or slot receivers and where he's kind of playing a little more close to the line and it suited him well. They lost him too. So now you've got Battle, you've got Dax Hill, you've got Nick Scott all new players into the mix and you and you know limited preseason snaps that sort of thing so you got a inexperienced limited snaps that sort of thing and you go well man how, how steep is this lear- learning curve going to be here um dax hill has all of this the skills that you would want out of a, a player in today's nfl i think he, he could be a hybrid guy you can play him in the slot you can play him at safety you can do a lot of different things with him he made an excellent play against uh, i think it was jordan love in the in the preseason um, knocking away a pass where it seemed like he just came out of absolutely nowhere and covered a lot of ground to do so. So I think the excitement's there, the athleticism's there. It's just, man, it's a lot. It's a loss of a lot of experience and leadership mm-hmm. at the safety position all at once. And like you, like you said, Glenn, I mean, that was a really solid position for three, four years for the Bengals with those two guys back there and losing both of them at the same time, the same off season is tough. And um, so I, I think Nick Scott can be serviceable. I think he could be a, an okay player. I, I think there, I, I think there's going to be a step back there. But the hope is, with some additions up front, you boost the pass rush. You've been able to keep two excellent linebackers and extend Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson long term. Hopefully, they continue to grow as good players, and so things kind of develop a little bit more in front of them as they gain experience, gain footing, and kind of learn to play with each other back there. 
Man, I tell you what, Glenn and I both liked Logan Wilson a lot coming out. And uh, I think Glenn a little more than me, but I think we both liked him. Mm-hmm. And you guys landed a good one there. Now it worked out with us with Roquan, but certainly yeah. good find for you guys <laughs> nonetheless. Now, we got to let you go with this one, Anthony. Kind of want to wrap this one up with really talking about the AFC North. Now, it's hard to say as Ravens fans that we're going to sit here and be the kings of the North when there's a team like the Bengals hanging around. But obviously, you know, the AFC North, we believe, is the most competitive uh division in football uh we think it's the most physical the toughest and and the deepest so what do you what is your prediction this year for the Bengals in the afc north where do you think they end up and what does that look like in your eyes i think best case scenario for the Bengals is four losses so what would that put them at 13 and four and mm-hmm. i would have three of those four losses, one each against each of the AFC North. Teams Just split, right? I, 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 I think this division is so freaking tough. Um, and so that's where I kind of have their ceiling. And then maybe you lose another one or two against a San Francisco, a Buffalo, you know, Kansas City's in there as well. So, they, I mean, Bengals have a tough schedule. They have a tough yeah. schedule. There's no doubt about it. And the crux of that tough schedule is, is in the division. Um, you know, I, I think I, I had them, like I said, I think their cap is probably 13 wins. I, I could see them you know, floating between 10 and 12 pretty easily as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think they're a playoff team. I think they have a deep run in them this year, especially if they stay healthy and things fall into place the way that they want them to. But the Ravens are really, really good. The Steelers, you know, they're hard to figure out, but they are always in it, mm-hmm. always in it at the end. And the, the Browns are a complete enigma to me because they could either be a double digit win team or that, that thing could implode. And I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you tend to kind of fall back on what we've seen from Cleveland, which is the implosion year yep. after year. Right. But yep. uh, man, I mean, they've got pieces, they've got pieces. And so uh, this division's really, really tough. It would not surprise me if three teams from this division make it in to, to the, the playoff bracket. Some people are even picking all four of them to make it, which is crazy to me, but um uh, you know, mm. it wouldn't surprise me if three make it, but I mean, you look at it, you, we kind of know the favorites or the power players in the conference right now. You know, it's Bengals, it's Ravens, it's Buffalo, it's Kansas City. Are the Jets in there now with Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. I mean, and then, you know, Miami. the Jags are getting, yeah, Jags are getting a lot of run. Miami's getting a lot of run. So those are kind of the players, the Steelers. I mean, you, you, Chargers. It's, it's hard. To, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard to sort it out there. So, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be who who does well in the division. Um, it's going to be who stays healthy. And you saw what what happened with the Bengals last year. They were they, they were kind of mediocre record wise at the middle of the year. And then they, they kind of started out in game. a hole, right? Yeah, they had injuries. And then, you know, the burrow thing where he had appendicitis, he, he, he it took him a couple of weeks to kind of get his footing there. And then, you know, finally, uh, after chase came back and dj reader came back around the middle of the year they they really went on a run but sometimes that's what it takes too whether it's the Bengals or somebody else you just you just got to get hot at the right time so um yeah i I, you know i see this division as a total gauntlet for sure well it's gonna be absolutely awesome and we we can't wait to catch up with you you know Mm -hmm. for those two games hopefully if you don't mind in a couple weeks you know it's only gonna be i'll try not to be late next time (laughs) Ah, well don't worry glenn already knows that if we have to be somewhere on time i'll make up for it by being late so yeah there you go there you go now i have have one pass see that now i have a pass well look hey anthony just ask me to come on because i'll be there on time you know jimbo jimbo might be separate two separate start times is that that yeah 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 put mine at eight o'clock and glenn's at 8 15 we'll show up at the same time (laughs) there we go that's perfect 
But yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk soon in a couple of weeks. And uh, I'd like to say good luck to the team, but I can't. But good luck to you, Anthony. Yeah, yeah man. We're hoping for the best to you both as well. Good That's right. Nothing but prosperity for Anthony. Yeah, well, hey, it's always great chatting with you guys. I appreciate the invitation. We're going to get you on our show, too, uh, oh, coming well, back. So You've been on before. But I already know where to find you. But for those that haven't seen, seen Anthony before, let us yeah. let the folks know where they can find your stuff. Uh, well, we're on YouTube, the Orange and Black Insider, and yep. it's it's part of uh, SB Nation, which is you know an umbrella of a lot of different sports blogs. Cincy Jungle is is the one that covers the Bengals. Uh, for for Ravens fans, if they want to go see the Ravens site, Baltimore Beatdown is the name of the Ravens site in the SB Nation network. If they want to check out some news and stuff there too, so um, yeah, uh, OB, OB Insider or Bengal, at Bengals OBI on Twitter, and um, yeah, appreciate what you guys do. Love your show and. Uh, We'll, we'll catch up soon, hopefully on on our end of things. And yes, sir. Yep. Awesome, thanks, man. Anthony. Have a good night. Take care, guys. All right, man. Yeah, this uh, this is going to be like Anthony said, a gauntlet of an AFC North. I think mm-hmm. that is a good way to put it. This there is no layups, no easy teams. It's uh, it's kind of like the Orioles. I mean, I was pulling up the standings, and while the you know, the, the Yankees have been on a on a, on a bit of a slide here, they're right mm-hmm. at around five hundred, and they're fourth in this division. Most divisions have a fourth place team that is 30 or 40 games below 500. Not not the AFC, Ooh. not the AFC East. So I mean the the AL East, AL East, AFC. Not the AL East. I mean they are good from top to bottom and I think unfortunately the Ravens are going to find themselves in the same position where man if you're going to win it you're going to have to be in the teens I think in wins if you're going to win this division. Mm, man, it is going to be a tough slugfest this year. And honestly, what I hope for is health for certainly the Ravens, but, uh, you know, the, the teams so that we can get that slugfest. Because, I mean, from an entertainment standpoint, whew, yeah, we got man. some good games lined up. I'll tell you what. Now, obviously, I want Marlo to come back for week two. Yep. For sure. I don't. I think that might be a pipe dream, but uh, I would love for Marlon to be back week two. But ultimately, we just want we want health all around. Um so, yeah, man, that was interesting. I, I, I like the way that Anthony always does a good job at being uh, politically confident. Right? Like, best case scenario, four losses, which is an incredible season. So, basically, what he's saying is they're going to get four losses, but three are going to be in the division. So, they're going to go, you know, they're going to split it yeah. each each division opponent. And that's a good way to look at it. I mean, that's just but crazy. That's a lot of win- good wins around the AFC outside of, yeah, the North. I mean, he's talking like you mentioned. They got, they got what the Jags. They got the Chiefs. They got the Bills. They got. I mean, they got really, really now. good teams that they're going to be playing. Plus all the ones in the North. No doubt, it's going to be a uh, an absolute gauntlet. But let's see here. It should be okay. Cool. All right. I'm just making sure our next guest is still on his way, and he absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, um, he had to pay the water bill. Yeah, don't you know it happens? You do yeah, man, got to do what you got to do, dude. But we, I do I, think in my uh, line of work, we call it a bio break. Bio I, break. I take a quick bio break. That's fancy. I have to urinate. That's what I yeah. do uh, when I go. But no, um, I do. Think I just do this. Uh, their defense. That's all I, you have to do. I, I don't yeah. mute myself though. <laughs> Savage. Savage. You're gonna listen. Uh, <laughs> But I do think them losing their safeties is a big, big loss for them. Those guys, not not only were they really, really good, but like Anthony said, they were really smart. They got those other guys lined up in the right position. They were leaders in the locker room off the field. I think that that loss is going to be really, really tough. And yeah, they had a good pass rush 
they have two good pass rushers, but they yep. didn't have a good pass rush last year. Like if right. you just look at the numbers and their sack totals, they did not live up to certainly not what they did the year before where they had two double digit guys. I mean, they, they took a step back. So they better, they better hope that that pass rush is good enough to carry what I think is to be not the best secondary, maybe, maybe the weakest secondary in the division. Yeah, man, that's uh Oh man, that's like losing two Chuck Clarks without getting a Roquan, right? You know what I'm saying? Something right because you're you're losing high performing players that are also leaders uh, on on the team as far as like you said alignments and everything. Uh, so that's that's going to be a tough one, and uh, I hope we can exploit it early on. Certainly, I'm not mad about playing him in week two. Like I said, I obviously hope Marlon was healthier, but uh, it'll be fun to go into Cincinnati, and it would be so much fun to go in there early on and. And give them a little beat down in their own place, right? No doubt. Hey, did you see the the picture that came out with the Ravens? Uh, and it showed we got a pretty tough group of single digits on this team. I don't know if mm -hmm. you noticed, but the the row that has single digit numbers. I mean, you talk about a gauntlet. Let me see what I can. Let me see. I saw the picture right. briefly. Let's see. Two. Just to start. Well, is there anyone? Where's number one on the Ravens? No, but there's no. a serious opening right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roquan, zero. Two, right. Tyler. Three, yep. OBJ. Four, Zay. Five, Armored Davis. Six, PQ. Or Laquan. Seven. What'd you say? Laquan, Treadwell. Oh, well. Uh, somehow they're both still number five. I don't know how this is happening. Let's but see. Yeah, go seven? Ahead. Oh, seven is Bateman. Eight is Lamar. Nine is Tucker. Holy crap. I mean, that's, that's it. That's, that's three Hall of Famers potentially in zero through nine. That zero through nine is no, there's not a, I mean, Huntley's the only one, but he's a pro bowler. Hey, <laughs> he's a pro bowler, but every other guy, I mean, you talk about monsters. I mean, Roquan, yeah. OBJ, Zay, Lamar, Justin yeah. Tucker, every yeah, Justin single Tucker. digit is a beast. Yeah. No, it's, it's and even uh, Rashad undeniable. Bateman. Hey, I know he's hurt. He's been hurt a lot, but when he plays, he's got to play Rashad. Got to play. That's it. That's it. Out of play. Well, let's bring in our guest here. Let's give him his best WWE uh, welcome. Let's hear it. Yeah, no doubt. New guest to the show. New friend of the show. Covers the Browns for the Browns Wire. Also a co-host of the Barking Browns show. Get your help welcoming Jacob Roach to the program. Uh, Jacob, appreciate you coming on. Oh, actually. Oh, oh. <laughs> at the same time you know that's what people do I, when they see my face they're like nah i gotta get that thing <laughs> off of there as quick as possible so i respect the move i respect it. uh thanks so much for joining that's us awesome. jacob i hope you're having a good evening i know you've got to be excited about the upcoming season but um but yeah thanks so much for joining us I got to start off. Wait, I have I have the first question, Glenn. Did I did I, I do it? Have, I, I tried to jump in there again. Right, Jacob, how many roaches does it take to cover the Browns? Oh, here we. Oh, <laughs> oh like I feel like this is a trick answer. Um, Where did you all of them? One, just you, baby. Yeah, That's, it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I just came up with that right off the dome. Dude, like you've been on fire yeah. lately, Jimbo. Yeah. Dude, I tell you, you become a dad, and all of a sudden you become an inspiration of like cheesy jokes. I don't know what happens, man. Some chemical change in my brain. It's like <laughs> I do dad crazy. jokes on our show all the time, and I get a lot of hate for it. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> I see, he does too, but he's been on fire lately. You know, Dude. I gotta say, I gotta you know, some of them I can't even remember. They're so inspired. It's just oh, here we ridiculous. Go. But no, uh, legitimately, Glenn, go. Okay, yeah. 
I got to ask you this just as like an outsider perspective because we just had our fantasy football draft, which is one of my favorite days of the year. It's 12 guys that we've all known each other for God knows how long. We all converge into one location. We draft our teams. It's a lot of, you know, shit talking, a lot of laughter. But one thing I'll say at the end of that draft, 12 teams. A lot of awkward silences. Yeah, some awkward silences as the clock is ticking and your heart is pounding. But – at the end of all those rounds, all 12 teams, nobody drafted Deshaun Watson. And I got to say, look, there's not like we're a bunch of saints in there, but yeah. he just rubs people the wrong way, Jacob. So I got to know, what's the fans' reaction? How do they embrace a guy who has such a uh, a rough you know, thing in his past? Like, are, yeah. able, are fans able to push that aside because he's their guy now? Yeah, I think a lot of them have. Um, it's been kind of a long process, I think, since last March um, to get to where we are right now. And I think that a lot of people like myself, I've learned to kind of compartmentalize that sort of thing, because um, I think a lot of fans are of the mind of like, we didn't choose him. Um, a lot of them, my, myself included, I don't want him. Um, like I get what it is on the field, but I don't know if it's worth everything that has happened. Like you can't get on Twitter without saying, if you say something, other fan bases will, you know, we come at you for defending this situation. And it's like, no, <laughs> like that is not what I'm about. Um, but mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have found ways to just be like, Hey, I said this last year, it's kind of like, Hey, I'm, I was here before Watson. I'll be here after Watson. And I'm not going to like let one man's awful off the field take something that I love. I mean, look at this room behind me, you know, yeah. like I, and I think that's where a lot of people are where it's you're just dedicated, like, you're a loyal lover. I can tell man. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, it's, it's like where, how me and my dad first bonded, you know, growing yeah. up, like was, was watching it. It's like, I'm not giving that up for him. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people are like me. I'll never buy a, I'll never buy his Jersey. Like that's sure. no matter what, that's not going to happen one way or another. But I think there's still a good part of the fan base that left and will never come back. Like, wow. I, I think that, that it, that's realistic. And people who like try to say it's all just sunshines and roses and everybody doesn't care. It's, it's it, that's just not true. I, we, some of my favorite podcasters are completely done as a result. Wow. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a weird time for me as well. Like, you know, we've been doing the show for four years now and, when the news broke, I have a, a coworker of mine that uh, is a big Browns fan. He knows the stuff. Like generally, there's a lot of football people I listen to, like friends that will you know talk football, and you're like, mm, okay, you know, I don't know if you really know football. And look, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but you can tell pretty quickly there's levels to this. Like he knows this stuff, but way too early, he was way too excited about it. I was yeah. like, dude, you're not gonna get me excited about it. <laughs> like you're not, you're just, you're just not. But I, I totally get it. it. Feel free to take my, I call him Mashawn Watson now. Um, but, uh, ultimately I, I, I think that's an interesting take. I like your, your, I'm not going to let this person kind of take this away from, from, you know, being a part of my life, right? Like ultimately it's just one guy. And Glenn said it before we started the show. One of the things that's interesting is like, he wasn't a draft pick of you guys. Yep. And you know, it was a little different. He, to me, I kind of see it as a, he's a mercenary, right? Like he's bought and paid for to come in and do a job and, and do your dang job and, and let's get it done type thing. But I do have one more question about. Deshaun, as, as far as that stuff goes, because one of the first things we talked about on the show was when it came to that situation was like, you come to a new team, you know, you kind of are starting to in, in, integrate yourself into the locker room, but there's gotta be, I say vets, but probably Vanity H, there's gotta be some guys out there that are like, I'm never following this guy. Like I have daughters and like, this is weird, like grown men that are mid thirties and they're like, 
nah, dude, you can't say anything to me. Is that something you still see and kind of hear in the locker room? Is it all over and done with at this point? So from what has come out that I know about, it feels like it's kind of done and over from that Mm -hmm. perspective. And that could easily just be that they're being professional about it, that they understand that like, Hey, he's, he's the quarterback. Like it's not changing. Um, and I got a job to do and I'm going to do it. You know, I, I think that that's the public persona, but I haven't gotten any kind of indication, but I'm not in that locker room, but I I feel like if you could get some people alone that they would say the same thing that I kind of feel, which is like, Hey, he's a talent on the field and there's a good chance that they win because of him. And that's my job. So I'm going to do it and I'll be happy to get the W's. But if I could redo it, I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, I, I wish that we avoided this situation altogether. Yeah. There's definitely probably still some of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I think you said professionalism, maybe just winning out and that's why we're not hearing it. Uh, but let's get into the, the Browns and not just Deshaun Watson. We, we asked our last guest uh, who covers the, uh, the Bengals, what were the big major changes? And of course, sorry, my power just went out. Did it? Oh, yep. Well, you're back. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're somehow it's, still. It's still out. I'm just, I just connected to my phone really fast. Look at you. Improvised. It's 100,000 degrees. I'm trying to keep my son at a solid condition. Oh, no, that's right. It's 100 degrees in Baltimore. Not a good time to lose air conditioning. Uh, well, while Jimmy tries to um, process this new information in real time, oh, came back on. Oh, right sorry. On. I apologize. Came right back on. I saw the joy. Yes, the power is back. Pay no attention. Behind I was literally behind about to move. Screen. I'm like about to put my house up for sale. <laughs> like, it's over. I'm done. I got some space. I'll let you stay. Um, <laughs> but we know that the, the Bengals lost two two high-profile safeties. Of course, the Ravens' changes were, 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 were pretty obvious as long as you turn on ESPN with the additions of OBJ and, and other guys. But what about the Cleveland Browns? What were the biggest losses in the offseason, and who are the biggest new additions? I think that when you ask Browns fans and you look uh, kind of somewhat objectively, I don't know that any of the losses that they had, they can't overcome. Like it, it was just a situation where there was a lot of people that had, you know, Jadavian Clowney's time in Cleveland had just come to an end. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be in that situation with Joe Woods. He was inactive for the final game as, as a result. Um, he's probably the most talented player that they lost. I would say is it's probably in that situation, but you look at on offense and you look on defense and you just see where Andrew Barry's tried to right some of the wrongs that he did when it came to building that. But in the end, I think the biggest addition was Jim Schwartz being added with what they added on defense. I mean, you had Zadarius Smith who had 78 pressures and 10 sacks. You add that opposite miles Garrett. We know him. Hey, yeah, right, right. Yeah, we're still like, bitter about that guy, Jacob. I forgot. I wouldn't have brought it up yeah. if I remembered. That's my bad. That's on me. Like, well, I can take one for the team on this one. But uh, yeah, you you add Zadarius Smith. You add Ogbo Okoronkwo, um, who who was a, a pretty good uh, pass rush win rate last year in Houston, and you give them one of the defensive coordinators that is really well known for his ability to maximize defensive line play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and use that wide nine with Miles Garrett and, and Zadarius Smith and Ogbo Okoronkwo. You can add in 
uh, Dalvin Tomlinson on the inside. I think Shelby Harris, it was kind of a really under the radar signing that they got towards the end, but they've always had good cover corners in the backfield. Uh, and, and they finally get a free safety in Juan Thornhill and they give them a truly elite defensive line. I think that this, if, if they play the way they should, what they look like on paper, that defensive line is absolutely them with Jim Schwartz is the biggest addition. And that's without talking about my favorite player, Elijah Moore. But I think if you look at it top to bottom, I think it's the defensive line mixed in with Jim Schwartz is, is absolutely what has me the most optimistic. Now, I want to ask you this question about the team as a whole, because everyone kind of de- – you looking up who drafted him, Glenn? I drafted him, uh, actually. You did? So I'm going to ask him about Elijah Moore as soon as you're done your question okay. here, James. So I want to know really about the team as a whole. It's it's kind of interesting because when you're talking about the AFC North, and you talk – you know, it's – we've said it before. We said it like eight times on this episode alone. I feel like it's the most competitive division um, in, the, in, in the NFL. But – Really, one of the things that a lot of people outside of Cleveland depend upon is the ultimate implosion of the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> right? Like the inevitable uh, implosion of this who team. They are. Yeah, right. Yeah. But ultimately, like you're a, you're a Browns fan, so you're subjective, but also you cover the team, so you have to be objective. Yeah. What makes you feel good about that not happening this year in comparison to other years? Is there something specific, one or two things you can point to that says like, all right, this won't happen? because of this guy or this scenario or whatever the case may be? It, that's a hard question. Like, because I've been trying to answer it all off season because that's what we get. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's like, well, even though that these, these players are talented, once they put on that orange helmet, it just becomes a whole different story. So I think, I really think that when you look at what Kevin Stefanski, he's probably the reason for me. When I look at what he's done in Cleveland, Um, I I talked about this on my show just a little while ago. Um, You look at the success he had with Baker Mayfield um, and you look at some of the wide receivers that he had played with, that he had coached. What has Rashard Higgins done since he left Kevin Stefanski? You know, like, and, and like, I've, I can show you film on Christmas day uh, uh, in 2021 of, of Jarvis Landry, who was just a, a shell of his former self because he was all banged up, running wide open. Rashard Higgins, who couldn't even find the field after he left Cleveland, running wide open. And it all comes down to, I think, the schematic ability of Kevin Stefanski to, to call an offense. And I know he gets some hate and there's some situational stuff, but he got the best seasons out of Baker Mayfield. His best season of his career is with Kevin Stefanski. Jacoby Brissett was so incredibly better than he had ever been going prior to last season when he goes with Kevin Stefanski. Mm-hmm. We won't talk about the Deshaun Watson t- uh, six games there at the end because that was definitely not the best six games of his career. But we're looking at Kevin Stefanski has shown a perplex. Uh, uh, per- what's the word? Propensity? That not going to say it. He is. He has shown the ability to get the most out of what he has, and now he's gotten uh, a truly talented franchise quarterback in my mind, and he has a lot of really nice weapons that he has not been able to coach up prior mm-hmm. to this. And if he can coach lesser talent to high production, I think you then mix that in and give him uh, top tier talent. And I think that as a leader, I think he's he's really going to. Uh, He's the reason, I think, ultimately. Yeah, he's certainly a talented coach. Brilliant offensive mind, it looks like, to this point. Now, I got to ask about the rest of that offense because it's like, man, when you just look at this team on paper, you go, 
And you got Wills at left tackle, Batonio at guard, Teller at right guard, Conklin at right tackle. It's hard to like not like any of those guys. And then Amari Cooper, I mean, route runner extraordinaire. Nick Chubb, maybe the best just runner of the football in the entire league. Donovan Peoples-Jones can take the top off. David Njoku, one of the most underrated tight ends, a guy that can absolutely fly, be a deep threat from the tight end position. And then you add a guy like Elijah Moore to the group, who I think may have been the missing piece from this offense. What are your expectations from that kind of all those guys? And what does Elijah bring to the group? Elijah Moore was my draft crush in his, his uh, draft a couple of years ago. And, and they ultimately took, uh, you know, Greg Newsom in, in that draft class. And Elijah Moore has just been like this pipe dream for me for, for several years. And then they find the way to get it. I kept trying to like will it to happen this year. I wrote several pieces on Brown's Wire with this like, trade for Elijah Moore. And, and then they did it. They've shown that his usage is, I think this year will be similar to a couple of years ago from uh, Debo Samuel in the sense that they're not the same player and what they can do, but uh, Elijah Moore has his first snap of the preseason. He was in the backfield and, and they flexed him out from the running back position into the slot. He catches a little eight yard out route. Uh, they, they run a jet sweep with him for 18 yards on the next play. Like he is this Jack of all trades that I think every coach wants to have that kind of uh, tool that they can just move around and use in a bunch of different ways. And Kevin Stefanski seen a, a little bit of that with Percy Harvin in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at kind of the stuff that he did with Percy Harvin or what the team did while Stefanski was there, I think you're going to get that with Elijah Moore. He's just, he's so dangerous in the open field and his ability to accelerate. He has great body control. I think he's a better route runner than people give him credit for. He's mixed in now with Amari Cooper, who I think is top five in route running in the NFL somewhere, probably maybe top 10. I don't know. He's somewhere in that range. And, and, and Elijah Moore has, if you watch what happened in New York, you see a dude that was open a lot mm -hmm. like he was open a lot and he had zach wilson and some other things going on so like i understand you know why those things didn't work out but he's like this uh i just kind of this swiss army knife there's the word i was looking for uh sometimes those words i just i gotta i gotta chase them down i'll find them eventually but he's just kind of the a swiss army knife where i think they have not had speed in this offense like they haven't had speed in this offense. Like, and now you added him and Marquise Goodwin and Goodwin comes back from the blood clots last week. And we were, uh, I think most of us were kind of shocked that he, we hadn't heard anything since he had had blood clots in his lungs and his legs at the beginning of training camp. And all of a sudden he comes back and he stretches the field. You've got everything back from last year and you're no longer playing in the red zone all the time because you can actually push the field vertically. And I think that this assortment of weapons is just, it's a very diverse wide receiver room. And I think with Elijah Moore in there and all the things he can do in and out of the backfield, I just think that as long as people stay healthy and things go the way they should on paper, that the passing offense could be pretty prolific. Mm. Well, you got Glenn excited. That's for sure. I know he's feeling well, good. You know, I like to see my late round edition of Elijah Moore was not going to be uh wasn't a misstep. It doesn't look like to this point. Yeah. Well, I got to know, um, Jacob, where do you, where do you see this team in, in stacking up in the AFC North? Like what's your viewpoint on the North and then relative to the Browns, where do you see them? So I did a, a complete record prediction 
uh, probably like a month ago, uh, after I had talked with uh, Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens, um, he had came on, came on our show and and he he got me to bump it up a little bit. Um, so I eventually put the Bengals, the Browns, and the Ravens in that order with um, thirteen. I'm sorry, 12, 11, and 10 wins. Uh, so I think that all three of those teams are going to win double-digit games. I don't know ultimately if the Browns are in third or the Bengals are in third or who, where it goes. I do think I'm – not, I'm not high on Pittsburgh, and I know people will – get mad at me for it but eventually i gotta be right eventually here, i have won't. to be right they won't yeah, get mad yeah. at you here jacob <laughs> hey we can all hate them together that's that right that's one thing we can do together uh but i think that they're kind of they'll lurk back there and maybe make some run at the end of the season like they always figure out how to do i i just i think talent wise that cleveland is is right there with cincinnati i think baltimore is right there with them as well i don't know like overall how it's going to go but i think all i've got them in second with about 11 maybe 12 wins uh just ahead of baltimore right now wow you got them finishing good this year jacob 12 wins well one thing i think could kind of derail them and i think ravens fans so i know ravens fans have been quite spoiled here when it comes to kicking uh justin tucker i mean every year i just sit back and i just go thank you God, we got Justin Tucker because I see all the crazy antics going on with kickers being swapped. Here you got the Cleveland Browns. You correct me if I'm wrong. They spent a third or a fourth round pick That's last year on a kicker. He's gone, and then they trade a seventh rounder for a guy who lost a kicking competition in LA this year. Yeah, no, there's no corrections there. Um, yeah, that's a that's a hundred percent accurate there. Uh, yeah, no, it it was one of those things where you were just trying to find it, you know. Like I think they got they felt pressured about the Evan McPherson thing. Like they go out, you know, since he goes out and drafts him and he kicks them to to the Super Bowl. I yeah. mean, he he was very clutch in those playoffs, and they're like, we're gonna get Cade York. This dude can hit it from 65 yards he can't make a 32 yarder but he can hit it from 68 yards uh he's gonna hit a 58 yarder to beat baker mayfield in carolina week one you're gonna love him and then it's just gonna be a disaster (laughs) after that and like it was so bad i mean he ends up being 70 i think 75 percent is what he ended up being on a field goal percentage he comes out and like he misses his first kick you know in the preseason and you're like oh we're doing this Mm -hmm. okay you know, we're doing this. He ends up being three and six at one point. Mm. Uh, and, 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 but he goes out there and he makes three straight kicks in, in, in the, uh, the game against Philly, their third preseason game. And you're like, okay, cool. We're, I feel it. We're getting there. <laughs> then he gets two opportunities to hit a game winner because there was a penalty on, on, uh, on the Eagles. He pushes it right, which is what he normally does. Then he gets to kick it again. It's under. It's under 50 yards. Let's remember it was like 45 mm-hmm. yards. And then instead of pushing it right, he hooks it just awful left. And I'm just like, I don't care if he can make a 58 yarder. We have absolutely got to get this guy. They were to the point where they were like, we're going to go and get Dustin Hopkins. And Hopkins is 84%. He's around league average, mm-hmm. but he's like got 50% from 50 plus yarders. Mm. He's like 15 of 30 from 50. And they were like, listen, we don't care about those big kicks. Make the kicks that NFL kickers should make from 45 or less yards, and we'll be totally okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel excited about Dustin Hopkins, and that should tell you exactly where we are with the kicker situation <laughs> in Cleveland. 
Oh gosh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I, my my last question for you is this: What uh, should? What's the biggest? Let me ask this correctly. What should people look out for that aren't Cleveland Browns fans that uh, you know they should keep an eye on that we, the national media isn't picking up on, or something that's not insiders and picking up on? There's got to be something or a player to to keep an eye on as far as the Browns go. I think the linebackers are better than they've been given credit for. I think they were put in some really bad situations last year, especially by defensive tackle. Uh, the defensive tackle was historically bad last year. The Browns had to completely, there's only one player on this 53 man roster that at defensive tackle that was here last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have five on the roster. <laughs> so they've, they've got four new defensive tackles on the roster right now. And I think the linebackers um, and especially Mahmoud Diabate with the undrafted free agent out of uh, Utah uh, who really came out and just, flying all over the field sideline to sideline i think if they can stay healthy uh with diabate and 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 anthony walker and sione takitaki has somehow managed to recover from an acl tear he had in december and is not he's healthy he's probably going to play week one Uh, i I don't really know it's like the fastest healing acl deer antler spray jacob He, he called up ray and got that deer antler spray I won't lie to you in high school or in early in college. I did try some deer antler spray. That's actually hilarious that you bring it up. It's awful. Don't do it. It doesn't do anything for you. And it tastes like crap. Um, yeah. Like it's uh, but so like, I think, I think the linebackers are pretty good. And if you want like one specific player, I think Mo Hurst, I think the defensive tackle, he, he spent started his career in Oakland uh, and he's just not been healthy for the past like two years. Uh, yeah. But in the preseason, he was kind of a relentless pass rusher. And I think, the, the the defensive line keeping the linebackers clean and then just kind of watch out for Mo Hurst. I think he has a pretty good shot off the bench. Yeah, oh, Michigan man. guy, hardball guy, right? Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. what can you go wrong when you get a hardball guy? Last one for me, just for Ravens fans. What are the Ravens getting in Jadeveon Clowney? If he's motivated, yeah, Jacob, what are they getting in Jadeveon Clowney? An elite run defender, first and foremost. Um, if you go back and especially in um, 2021, when he had nine and a half sacks or maybe it was nine, but he, he was right around the nine, nine and a half sacks. And he was just truly elite at setting the edge. Like even when he doesn't make like his pass rush has kind of dropped off a little bit last year. Um, of course the motivation questions are there, like you said, but he will always be an elite run defender, no matter if he's motivated or unmotivated, he was still elite as a run defender last year. You may not see him always making the tackles for loss, but you're not going to see running backs bounce on the outside when he's out there. He will set the edge in the run game. And if you see a tackle for loss and it's not Jadavian Clowney, who's standing right next to him that set the edge? It's Jadavian Clowney's right there. I think that um, his his pass rush is kind of one-dimensional now, but he's still an athletic freak um, and, and a guy that went number one overall. But with what you've got, on the other side, especially with Owe over there, who, and I don't, I won't even talk about the fact that the Ravens continue to draft my draft crushes and Travis Jones and David Ojabo, Rashad Bateman. They do it year after year for me, and they just like to just spear right to my heart. But <laughs> in terms of run defense, he's just going to be elite no matter what. And I think when you're talking about some of the pass rushers that the Ravens do have, I think that's more than more than enough for what they paid him all right fair enough well i like to hear that that's for sure um now the most important thing jacob is is where can folks find what you're working on yeah uh, you can let uh, them know 
yeah, you can check me out at brownswire.usatoday.com. Um, I'm over there every day, sometimes more so than others. Uh, and then you can go to the our YouTube channel is uh, uh, Network 216, and I have a couple of shows on over there, uh, like three or four a, a week. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's awesome. You're doing a lot of stuff. I tell you what, tell Jeff. Good old Jeff Risden. I'm not sure if you know him or not, but I'm yeah. guessing you do. Tell him you said. Tell him that the, the boys at Four Four Ten Sports Talk said what's up. I think Je- Jeff was one of our first guests. Super nice guy. We ever yeah, had on. Guy. Yeah, the dude is the OG of guests mm-hmm. for us here at the show, and yeah, uh, yeah he's he's a good. One. That guy knows his football. I'll tell you what. Oh god, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you so much for your time tonight. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy uh, the season opener, and uh, hopefully once we once we see you guys, uh, you know the both times in the in the division matchups we can have you on again that'd be awesome man yeah man absolutely i appreciate it yeah absolutely thank you so much and uh, have a great night thanks jacob see yeah he likes them browns yeah man well look on paper it's really hard like not to always you know on paper right like i'll never forget what the, the espn article with like obj and uh landry and i don't know oh yeah you know baker yeah baker and Joku, I mean, yeah, they had, they had, they had names because you're right. You just look at their depth chart. It's like, where is there a bad player? Like, there's, yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't look like there's a bad one at least in on paper. Now, special teams, you know, I mean, my goodness, it's crazy how like people want to discount special teams, but how many kickers lost their team games last year? I mean, not just from missing kicks, but literally, it got to a point where. Teams were making bit like decisions where they're not kicking 45 yarders because they have no confidence their guy can make it and they're going for it on fourth down. And so it's right. like, man, it, you know, as much as people want to say a kicker isn't a football player and, and you know, when you watch practice, it doesn't look like they're really part of the team. They're off by themselves, but there's no doubt they, they can need win a kicker. Before, <laughs> yeah, until you, they can win you a game and they can lose you a game. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking so looking forward to Thursday. We're going to do our best to get a Texans guest on. It is game week, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention our sponsor for this season, BetUS. Check out the link in the description. As we've been mentioning, BetUS is the place to go for all your prop bets, season-long bets, in-game bets, pre-game bets, over-unders, all of it. Make yourself some shekels. Mm -hmm. Support the show. It's a fun way to do it. They match, and then uh, and then some. They'll give you up to 125% of your initial investment, up to $2,500. That's right, 125%. So go check them out. But, Glenn, I think that's it for us tonight, my man. It was a great show. Thank you so much for getting the guests on. You yeah, absolutely. Out, so you know it's hot. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Now, now I want to do a quick, just to let you guys know, since the season oh. starts this Thursday. Thursday, didn't I? Yeah, typically we will we would record on Thursday night and go live, but of course with the season opener we're going to enjoy this the uh, the season opener. So we'll be back Friday. Yeah, uh, we have a guest already lined up who will be joining us uh, to to uh, to talk some Houston Texans football. Let us know kind of similar to we to what we saw from these guys who let us know what the big changes were, what to expect, game predictions, who to look out for, uh, and all those great things. Getting it right from the source. But as Jimmy said, unfortunately, our, our Steelers guy, just, you know, scheduling purposes, does a lot of things. Weren't able to get him on tonight, but we will certainly get you caught up on all your Steeler, all the Steelers moves uh, once we play them later on in the season. But that's it for us tonight. Thank you all for joining us, and we will see you on Friday. See you.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.